Good morning, Cowboys Nation. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. Presented by the Cochran Firm in Boston Scientific. Streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! What's good, y'all? What's good? Welcome to Wednesday, Wednesday's edition of A to Z Sports Live. And we are on to Cincinnati. Got to. Breaking down the Bengals' offense after week one and try to find a plan of attack. I think I got one. I think I got one, but it's going to be difficult. It's a good team. That's a good defense or a good offense. So we'll talk about it. But before we do that, got some house cleaning up. Got to put this to bed. The Bengals, I'm sorry, the Bucks situation. But we got to talk about what one of their players said that pretty much, in my opinion, embarrassed the organization. Uh, we'll get to that. And I'll tell you why it was embarrassing. And we'll break down with numbers and everything. But we got to put this to bed. And the, only, the best way to put it to bed is to address the situation at head. And we will do that. We will do that. Uh, shout out to the bomb squad in the building. Bomb squad! Yes, indeed. Appreciate y'all for being here. Uh, a couple shout outs. TC915. I see you, Mr. Wright. Antoine Meyer. Somebody's already on the phone. Shout out to y'all on the phone. If you want to call in, you can. 351-999-3787. Now for Mason, Tino, Aaron, Iceberg Q, Derek Fisher, Mike Harris, Stephen White, The Toxic Lupe, Shaq. What's good, Shaq, the Vikings fan? We playing y'all later on in the, in, in the season, man. So I'm glad you're, you're around because I would love to have a conversation with you later when we get to there. Uh, Danny Savage is back in the building. Cole Jelly, Lawrence Moore, David J. Killer Buds, Jeremy Parker, Irvin Simmons. What's up? Ham Zone 71 was goody. Special K, what's up? Miss Sheila. Twin Hawkins in the building. Captain America. How does it, sir? Ghostface Killer and the many more that are continuing to come through and already jumping on these phone lines. Y'all got a lot to say today. I can dig it. I can dig it. All right, so this is what we'll do. Oh, shout out to Facebook. I was wondering. I'm like, you got no Facebook? Oscar Sullivan, Tom Nuts, and Mark Rucker. Appreciate y'all for joining us on this beautiful Wednesday as we break down more Cowboys. It's not, it's not great news across the Cowboys nation in regards to injuries, in regards to play, but like I say all the time, win, lose, or draw, I'm here for it all. We ain't never running. We ain't never scared. All right, so let's go ahead and get into this roundup, and let's talk about it. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Yesterday, as we were coming on air, like literally, Jerry Jones went on the radio and he talked about Dak Prescott is not going on IR. And he was, he meant that. He meant that. Mixed feelings about it. But at the end of the day, as Stephen Jones would say, this is technically good news. Regardless if he returns in three, four, or five weeks. And this is, this is what I mean. It means that the surgery went well enough that they view his timeline being, not being on the outward extreme of, you know, six to eight weeks, right? So, 
even if three weeks seems to be overly optimistic, which not going to lie, I'm no doctor, but I do feel like that. That's a bit optimistic. But even if it's not three and it is four or five, that's a lot better than six, seven or eight. Now, I think this also puts pressure on him. This puts pressure on the organization for him to return after three weeks, three weeks, because you, you could have used that IR spot and that roster spot for someone else. But here's my thinking. Just trying to pretend to be in their heads here and see what happens. Maybe they went into these meetings and said, so say we do put him on IR. Who are we really bringing up that's going to move the needle for the Cowboys? Probably not many. So they just went ahead and said, well, we'll keep the door open. And here's another reason why they probably didn't do it per reports. It gives them and Dak the flexibility to have him take practice reps as he gets closer to a potential return. That is per reports. Now, I'm no doctor. And maybe he's a super fast healer, right? But I would imagine getting hand surgery on your throwing hand and then put him out there to practice two weeks later. Just weird to me. It's just weird to me. I don't know that you want to rush job this thing. And the reason why I say two weeks, because if you're not putting him on IR and and you've told your media people that, hey, we want to leave the door open for him to practice as he gets closer, not when he's ready, as he gets closer. That means surgery and what, two weeks, two and a half weeks later, we need you to start taking snaps and throwing the ball. I mean... Okay. I mean, that seems a bit fast to me, but I'm no doctor, man. I did talk to Dr. Boothley uh, yesterday, and that is out on the channel. If you want to go and take a listen to that, we kind of broke down Dak's entire injury and timeline and whatnot. Speaking of quarterbacks, Jerry Jones went on the radio, and he brought up both Cooper Rush and Will Greer. A question to you guys as I'm going through this here. How long or short, really, is the leash on Cooper Rush? Like I said, he brought up both quarterbacks and he talked about how this was a real competition until Greer got hurt. To me, I'd say this is a long leash given his history with the team, um, given what happened last year in Minnesota. I could see them thinking next week if Rush plays well okay or we're good or not not plays well if rush just doesn't mess it up then rush will be your guy after after this week but if the line is having trouble blocking for him if he can't escape the pressure if if he's looking like cooper rush in that first half of the minnesota game i wonder if they start thinking about will greer because he's more mobile and and has a little bit of more of a, a little bit a lot of a little bit of more <laughs> of a lively arm than a Cooper Rush so he can kind of do some things on the move. I don't know that either of these quarterbacks matter in the, in the grand scheme of things, given what we do as an offense. But at the end of the day, you still got to protect yourself. And if if the rush is getting to rush, pun intended, then maybe you go with the more mobile guy. But we'll see. We'll see. We, we good here in the chat? Oh. Just happened to look over here. All right. Finally. 
before we get to the meat and potatoes, this this bugged me a lot. Bugged me a lot. Devin White pretty much echoed what has been said about this offense for years. It's bad radio here, but I'm seeing some people going off in the chat. Hit, hit, hit me up, Professor. I don't play the BS. I don't know what's going on here. All right. Let me get to this Devin White situation. I'm going to go ahead and play this audio, y'all, for those who may have not seen this yesterday. And I'm going to tell you why this bugged me so much, and it should bug you. Uh, last year, we learned that they went, they really wasn't going to commit to the run game. And, you know, the runs that they did, they was, you know, going to try to get outside and not run into the interior. But most of the running game was quick game. You know, a lot of curls, a lot of hitches, you know, a lot of slants and stuff. So we kind of knew that going in, so we was able to attack it. One more time, y'all. One more time. Uh, last year, we learned that they went, they really wasn't going to commit to the run game. And, you know, the runs that they did, they was, you know, going to try to get outside and not run into the interior. But most of the running game was quick game. You know, a lot of curls, a lot of hitches, you know, a lot of slants and stuff. So we kind of knew that going in, so we was able to attack it. Ah, yeah, We, we kind of knew what the hell they was going to do coming into this thing, so we played it that way. It's week one. Devin White said that in week one. All right. It's not even just the comments that sting. It's, it's the Bucks' actual actions on the field that displayed a total lack of respect, lack of fear, whatever you want to call it, for your philosophy and for your players. What do you mean, Sky? They ran play action five times. This is no joke. Maybe four out of the five, maybe all five. The linebackers didn't give a damn about your play action. They didn't, truly. There wasn't no aggressive bite that opened the window in the back door. Why do you think I said so much on Twitter and yesterday during the film breakdown? You just saw two guys out in the route against seven or eight. Or you saw three guys out in the route against seven or eight. Because linebackers weren't biting on play action. Linebackers weren't biting on... Uh, running backs maybe flaring out. They didn't. They didn't care. Safeties didn't care about your play action. Safeties didn't care about your vertical routes because you hardly ran any. At least from a deliberate standpoint. Point. We got the film. We've got the actual Bucks player stating they knew things were going to happen. But here are some alarming statistics, alarming data uh, from Sunday's game that helps better illustrate. Because not everybody is watching every single play over. Not everybody's watching certain views. Like, so you kind of have to lean on some data. Now, not all data is great data, and it is what it is. So you got to kind of piece it all together. But here's some crazy data. Shout out to my guy, John Oni. Devin White talked about hitches and curls and all that that that, that type of stuff, right? On average, NFL quarterbacks targeted a hitch or curl route on 14.8% of pass plays in week one. The Cowboys, almost 10% more at 23. Dak Prescott targeted the hitch or curl route on 23% of his targets in week one. The Cowboys didn't have a single pass catcher 
who aligned in line. Professor O, we talk about this a lot, you know, bunching up and, and doing different things out of the bunch. They didn't have a single pass catcher who aligned up in line, run a vertical route on Sunday. The NFL average for pass catchers who line up in line and run a vertical route is 19.5%. Dallas, zero. That one was extremely alarming to me. Extremely alarming. Keep going. Dallas finished with one in week one with the most contested targets in the passing game with 11. Say that again. Dallas finished week one with the most contested targets in the passing game in week one. Huh. Well, when you're dropping seven or eight and you're sending out three or two, or even if you send out four and you don't have zone beaters or, you know, one of your receivers is running a man beater. The other one is running a zone beater. You're not going to have a lot of room to work with. Now there was a, another statistic that Todd Archer put out here on Twitter where he talked about separation, the separation statistic and the Cowboys top, receivers in this game the Dennis Houston's and Noah Browns and the CD Lambs all ranked in the 60s or below Lower, the 60s are below slash lower uh I think and y'all correct me if I'm wrong here CD Lamb was somewhere like 67 and I said on Twitter this is an indictment on obviously the player for not being able to create said separation but also essentially the scheme for not being able to help create that separation. There was no favorable matchups based off of schematics throughout this game. And let me tell you how important that is. And it's my final thought on this. And I'll get into the chat and phone lines. Did I talk to y'all yesterday about how I watched the Minnesota? I, I kind of wanted to go see what y'all Shaq, my guy Shaq in the building. I, I went and watched Minnesota on Sunday night just because I was like, man, let me see how, what are they doing over there? I always liked their running scheme, but now they got Kevin O'Connell. I know they're going to be bringing some different things from that Sean McVay tree. Listen to this stat. In Minnesota, Justin Jefferson had targets on linebackers or safeties 24% of the time last year. In week one, Kevin O'Connell got Justin Jefferson on a safety or linebacker 60% of the time. There was a deliberate effort to get not, not just targets, right? Like, because CD had 11 targets. There is so much more nuance into that. But there was a deliberate effort to get him in a favorable situation, no matter how good he is. Kevin O'Connell comes from the Rams. Just last year, nobody got in more favorable situations than Cooper Cup. I love Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup is a fantastic wide receiver. Do I think he's the most talented guy in the NFL? Absolutely not. Do I think he's one of the most talented wide receivers, like top five talent? No, I don't. And that's not a knock on him. It just goes to show you the talent that he's given Put with a coach that knows how to utilize it, you get a historic season. Justin Jefferson finna break all those records. Watch. Now, if he doesn't, it'll come close. 
Same dude that got Cooper Cup off last year is now the offensive guy over in Minnesota. Shaq, how did you like that? You know, how did you like seeing Cooper or, or, or uh, Justin Jefferson lined up on linebackers and safeties all day? Must be nice, man. Must be nice. All right. That is the end of this morning's roundup. I appreciate y'all for sticking in here. What is going on in the chat? Everything good? Get to the super chat. Super chat. Sky, how did this organization get this bad? Holy hell, says toxic. Well, as my guy would say, I haven't did it in a while, but. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is, man. We just got to figure this thing out. That's all. We trying to figure it out. Trying to figure it out. All right. We had another super chat. Uh Uh-oh. What's good? Shaq, you good? Super chat. He said, does this thing work? Super chat. And then David J says, hate to say it, Sky, but I'm actually more worried about how this how the offense looks after Dak comes back than I do while he's gone. At least with Cooper Rush, we don't have to worry about being disappointed. David J, I'm going to need you to explain more. So you're more worried about how the offense looks when the better player returns, but you're not worried about it now. So my guess is, because you said at least you're not to be disappointed, so my guess is you still worried about the offense now. You just don't care if you're let down, whatever. The, you know, that sound, that's what it sounds like to me, David J. You don't really care if the offense, how it looks, because you're not really thinking the offense is going to do much. I tried to warn y'all about the offense with Dak Prescott. So again, it coming out looking as bad as it did was a surprise to me, but it coming out and struggling was not. I didn't think the passing offense looked particularly good in the camp. I didn't. I was leaning on hoping that they would do some things with Turpin and, and the running game would be leaned on and we, we wouldn't have to throw the ball so much and, and run out exactly what we saw last year. I did not come over here one time and sugarcoat y'all about it. Didn't, man. But I appreciate that, David J, and all the Super Chats. Let me get into this phone line real quick. What's good, Fresh? Fresh Fade, what up, bro? What's up, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling I'm feeling good. You know, I got back into my football bag yesterday, went into the lab and, and watched this and watched that, and that helped wash away what happened in week one. But at this point, I'm just a football yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah, same thing here, man. I uh, obviously my thirty-one seventeen prediction was way off. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know what to say, man. At this point, um, I'm at a loss for words. Still, yeah, I'm still not. I mean, I'm over it, but it kind of just makes me realize that we have a lot of egos in the building. I mean, we knew that before. Yeah, but it just feels like it feels like Kev, Kevin Moore hasn't quite evolved and i know you know initially coming into this or last season and you know previous to that it was like oh you know he has these different concepts and different things like that and devin white just said it man i mean we all we all knew this but devin white sort of reinforced what we already knew like hey look we we know what you're going to do you're going to do the same old stuff and same old routes and everything just looks similar to last year at this point do you think i mean it's to me 
it's there, there isn't a point to even keep Kellen Moore at this point. I mean, it's, to me, I mean, it, to me, it, it seems as though Mike McCarthy might as well just take over the play calling. I mean, oh, I know oh. a lot of people won't. Well, let me. I, did, I know, I know, I know, did, I, I know. Some people aren't thinking that. Or no, no, don't no, no, want no, no. No, did you hear what he what was said yesterday by Brian Broadus? That's something I, I'm sorry for burying that. I told my guy, oh, I would open up with that too. I didn't do that. You didn't hear what Brian Broadus yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, about him not really knowing the concept. Yeah, I, I, I heard that. I mean, maybe but that's still, the reason why. If it's true, I, I, mean, it, I don't think that's true. I think it's, I think that's cap. But I mean, I, I think it's cap to a certain extent because Mike McCarthy is an offensive guy. So I would think that he would at least know the concepts, or mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that all the way through. I think some of that is. I, I don't think that's true. I think maybe he heard heard a conversation and he took the context, or maybe Mike may, maybe made a joke and he got taken out of context. I, I want to know where it came awesome. from. I want to know where it came from because <laughs> I've seen, and I don't mean to do this, but I, I I've seen he, he I've seen him have one of the highest ranking officials in Dallas. I've, he has a direct connection to that person, so I am I'm very curious where that came from. That's all. I don't know, man. But but let's just say hypothetically, he does know the concepts, right? His job is on the line. To mm-hmm. me, I mean, it would be on the line if I were Jerry, even if even with Dak hurt, right? I mean, that's just how I would approach it. Calls if, if Jerry's telling him like, "Look, you got to keep Kellen Moore as the OC," or what? I, I don't I don't well, know who's making the call. Of course he that. did. That's that's of course, that's a, of course he did. Mike, McCar- Mike McCarthy has no ties to Kellen Moore. None. Zero zilch. Nada. And he comes in, but, and, a, and Kellen's the only guy they keep? Come on. Yeah, man. I, I don't know, man. And when I take a look at, like you were just talking about the Vikings, right? And a lot of people would put Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott in that same territory, right? In that same area as far as... How good they are! So a lot of people would put them that way. That way, maybe not all, but a lot of people would. Oh, a lot of people have. And to see Kirk Cousins, yeah, a lot of people, you know, to see Kirk Cousins carve up offenses, move the ball, as you mentioned, get his wide receivers open. Their concepts are really good. It just, I don't know, man. Like, it's the same stuff from last year, man. Like, what do we? Uh, I'm at a point now where I'm like, hey, look, if if, if I'm uh, Mike McCarthy, I would go into Jerry's office and just say, "Hey, look, man, like this isn't this isn't working out, man. We got to move on. Can I make a change? Can I make a change?" I mean, Do you hear what you just said? I, mean, you I, I you know, said? right? I know. I, I know. I know. The head coach going has to go to the <laughs> owner to say, "Hey, I need uh-huh. to move on from my my offensive coordinator who's under my staff." Mm. Yep. yep. Continue. Go ahead, land a plane. Go ahead, land a plane, fresh. Say it again. Land a plane. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Um, and I guess for next game, I mean, what I'm thinking is, yeah, Cooper Rush. What's gonna piss me off the most? And I'll, I'll leave it at this. Uh, yeah, you got land. What's gonna piss me off the most? Yeah, what's, what's gonna piss me off the most is if they come out with the run game and establish it next game and stick with it. That's gonna piss me off the most, man. Yeah. And I'll just leave it at that. I just hope we, I just hope we utilize Zeke and, and just keep it moving. And then when that, when Dak gets back, we keep it like that as far as keeping the run game going. But that's all I have, man. My man, appreciate you, fresh. All right, bro. All right, see. You. That pissed me off too, but 
get ready for it. Or at least it needs to be. It needs to be. That's the first call on today's Pulse to the Nation presented by the Cochran Firm. Our guys, Brian Pope and Larry Taylor, headline the attorneys managing everything over there at the Cochran Firm, serving the DFW area since 2005. Call them the fighters, man, because they will fight for you no matter what it is, whether it be fraud, wrongful death, automobile accidents, class action shoots, whatever. Contact those guys. All the Cochran Firm civil cases are handled on a contingent fee basis. If there's no financial recovery, then they charge no fee. Hit up the Cochran Firm at 1-800-THE-FIRM or schedule your free consultation today at CochranTexas.com. Had a couple Super Chats while the phone lines were going. Super Chat. Uh, Shaq Edwards, appreciate you, bro. Says teams like the Chiefs, Rams have a high-power offense because they have their playmakers motion and move around. It gives offenses, or I'm sorry, defenses, that hesitation like when you run play action. 100%. Shaq, I know you're newer to to here. We've been screaming this since last year, Shaq. Well, at least I have. Been screaming more pre-snap, at-snap uh, motion and post-snap creativity within the route concepts. Not a thing here. Oh, but get ready for it against the Bengals. We're about to get to, to the Bengals breakdown here in a second. And another alarming statistic defensively um, for that. Super chat. Jonathan Scruggs, appreciate you for the donation. Says, why does it feel like we are eight weeks into the season? Facts. Because usually there's some weird injury or catastrophic situation that happens around that time. Now, 2020, it was week five. Last year, it was week six or seven. So, yeah, it feels like we are. You're right. And then below the heavens. Super chat. Appreciate you. He says, this season is, is 2010 all over again. Very similar. Well, yesterday below, I, I I was thinking 2015. You know, your quarterback gets injured early in the season. You think you have a strong um, defense. Your defense plays strong. Your offense is, is a little bit hampered by injury. There was no Des Bryant after week one. No Tony Romo after week two. Your quarterback was, what, Matt Castle after it was Brandon Whedon. Offense stunk up the joint, but your defense kept you in it all year for the most part, to be honest with you. So it reminds me of 2015, but let's be honest. We've 2015, 2010, a game, Tony Romo. Uh, 2020 is when Romo got hurt early, too, and they went one and seven. John Kittner was here. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Lots of callers, man. Let me get set it off, Chris. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I got, oh. B Bird's back in the building. Let me get B Bird first. And, and um, I'll get B Bird. We get set it off. And then we're going to go into this um, Bengals breakdown. What's good, B Bird? I didn't get a chance to get you yesterday. So you got me. Oh, no problem, man. We'll, we'll get to it. Hey, uh, how you doing, brother? I'm doing better. Like I told uh, uh, Fresh, you know, it felt good to kind of just get back into the lab and watch other teams and, and kind of get back into a, a football fan's mindset as opposed to being upset with the Cowboys. A couple of things, man. Uh, I, w- I would say uh, make this statement to the previous caller and to everybody else. Kellen Moore is the third most powerful powerful play- uh, person in our uh, organization behind Jerry Stephen Jones. Um, if you really look at it, he wells more power uh, than Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy can't tell him anything. So he actually, because, uh, you know, Jones has loved that guy. Man. I think uh, they love him because he's promised that this system is going to save you money. Um, you mm. will not have to get a... 
you would not, you would not have to get a number one wide receiver. We'll, we'll take the same concept as we do as people do in running backs, and just running back. Uh, we'll do wide receiver by committee. That way, we'll get we'll get a lot of sixty catches, eight hundred, nine hundred yard people uh, wide receivers. And how are they going to negotiate from that? They're not going to be able to do it. So, I think that's what it is, and they really love his concept, and they want it to work, and that's why they're they're all in. They're all in on it. You know. Let me ask you a question. And so, yeah. Do you think they want it to work because of X's and O's, which I don't think they really care for X's and O's much. Or do you think they wanted to work because they he was their hand picked king, right? He was he's you're next, you're next in line, and we need this to work. Well, it, it all goes back to uh, the Joneses want to prove um, to the NFL that they are football guys, mm. and they'll, they'll go to their depths doing that. And so, anything that they put, just think about how long uh, Jason Garrett stayed here. Think about the, the ones that they take chances on in the draft. They keep those guys around for a while because they really want to. They really want that moment to where they can just shove it up the other owners and the rest of the NF, NFL's uh, noses about how great they are because they want to do it hella high water. They're going to do it their way. And yeah. They don't want to win any other way. That's why they don't get free agents, top flight free agents from other teams. Why? Because I don't want nobody else getting this credit. I want me to get the credit. That's why you look at our roster and we're all homegrown, man. Yeah, we are, I believe, number one in the league um, in, in homegrown uh, roster talent additions, yeah. Yeah. And one thing, too, man, and I'll say this again. I said it once before, but I think it went, uh, maybe people didn't get this. Um, with with uh, Gregory contract, what came out of that was that the Cowboys have these there's clauses in there where people can lose their money. And then the Cowboys came back and said that, hey, this is an all-out contract. But I'll tell this, and I want everybody to get this. Please get this. I don't want to say it again. How can you recruit top-ranked uh, free agents if you have a clause in a contract that other teams don't have? Can I tell you what that really means? That really means that you're not even set up to get a high-ranking uh, free agent. They don't, even, they don't even plan to get one because that would never be in their contract if they have to negotiate against another team. It's crazy that they don't even they, – they haven't had one since Clark. They have not had a free agent that they have to battle and outbid over since Carr. That was over ten years ago. Yeah, I, so I, I agree. I don't think that helps at all. Um, at the end of the day, though, I mean, just based off kind of the facts here, if if, if he's not lying, Vaughn said he would have came, and and he didn't really bring up any clause. It was more so about the the money. Uh, but but again, like you said, I can't imagine that clause helping the situation. Yeah, just just the mentality of having it in there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, other teams wouldn't have that in there. They'd be like, no, I'm, I'm trying to draw guys. I'm not trying to run them away. Yeah. So this could be a deal breaker, you know, if the money is close to it. So, but the Joneses don't care because, why? Wow, we're not trying to get those guys anyway. Flat but, out. But anyway, did, man, go on. My bad. Did uh, you hear what Steven said, though, about Von Miller's play? He pretty much dismissed his yeah, did, fantastic yeah. week one. But anyway, what was you uh, – you said you had a bone to pick with the defense yes, uh, yesterday. I didn't get a chance to get your opinion on that. Okay, let me get one thing in. This is one nugget in, then I'll let you go. Uh, then I'll talk okay. about that. Yep. You know, you know, uh, I was listening to ESPN. You know, I had the, the updates. I was listening to it yesterday, like on ESPN radio. Yeah. And I was just listening to it, and it came in, and they said, Jerry Jones uh, said this about Dak, that he'll be out, blah, 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 and this, that, and the other, maybe four weeks, and this, that, and the other. And then right after that, they said, and Mike Tomlin said that, uh, uh, that Watts, Maybe out. They don't know. And I said that's just the difference right there. Mm. So Jerry Jones is giving an update on the Dallas Cowboys, 
why Mike Thomas is giving an update on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bro, bro. You know, that, 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 that tells you everything right there. Perfect example of that is after the game, Jerry Jones spoke with the media before Mike, and the media went to Mike at the podium and was like, hey, so, you know, you know we just heard that, you know, Dak Prescott will be out for a few weeks. You know, what are your thoughts? And he's like, uh, I, I'm, I, that's, that's, that's all I know. I just, you know, I'm just told that, you know, that's all we know at this moment, you know, yada, yada, yada. This dude wasn't even talked about, you know, talked to first. He didn't get a chance to talk about Dak's injury. Jerry, right after the game, was the first person to break Dak's injury timeline. If you go look at some of the media members' faces, they're like, Looking down, then he says, yeah, and Dak will be out a few weeks. Huh? What? How you just gloss over that? So you're right, man. You know, it, it, we, we know where, where everything runs through first, and then it comes down from there. Yeah. So, so with the defense, man, in, in 2003, uh, Tampa Bay was just coming off the Super Bowl, and we played them early in the year. We had Quincy Carter, our quarterback. And, you know, just think I wasn't as cynical as I was, and I don't, know, don't have as much history with mm-hmm. the Joneses as I did. We lost that game 16 to nothing. But what I came away with, hey, man, we, we left. Hey, that's a Super Bowl champion. They scored 50-some points in the Super Bowl, and we held them to 16. That's something to, you know, that's something to hold on to. And I, I was feeling good until I started seeing interviews from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what they were saying was, they said, hey, man, look, yeah, yeah we only scored 16 points. Why? Because we know they couldn't score at all. I'm sorry, 16 was enough. If we just start throwing the ball around, we threw, we make it through interceptions or doing anything else. All we had to do is just run the ball. We realized early in the game that they couldn't score. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is this. When I had a bone to pick with the defense, I don't know if the offense just said, hey, the Tampa Bay's offense and their Tampa Bay's team say, they can't win the score. So we're just not going to sure do anything did. to lose this game. And so what I'm trying to say is the numbers, when you look at uh, 19, somebody I know said context matters. So we have to look at that context, too. So if the game is like say uh, say they're they're winning thirty five to no twenty one going into the into the uh, fourth, they might be scoring more because they said, hey, this team is proving they can score. So we got to watch this. So we hadn't proven that, we could score a touchdown at the first drive. You're not wrong. The only problem with your argument is that the Bucks got into the red zone into the area green area four separate occasions, and Dallas held up in the pressure moments. They didn't get down there and say, oh, we're just going to settle for a field goal because we know they can't score. No, they were trying to score and put the game away, and they couldn't because your your defense was bending but not breaking until they broke with the one touchdown. So you're, what, do, you're, what, you're saying, what you're saying, it, it is true. I think sometimes you get to maybe the second half of a game and say you're up by, uh, what, 12 points or what have you, right? And, and you're like, well, you know what? It's... 12 to 3, like it was. And these boys are not really doing anything, so we're just going to continue to run or continue to just dink, 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 dink our way down the field, which they did, and eventually get the third down. They throw an alley-oop to uh, Mike Evans, and he catches a touchdown. Now it's over. Now I don't have to pressure anything from here on out. But prior to that, make no mistake about it, they were trying to score. Michael Parsons just deleted them. That's what that was. Well, yeah, I, I definitely agree with the threes instead of the uh, sevens. That, that's big. Mm-hmm. But at some point in time, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying that at some point in time, a team goes into, hey, let's just secure this. Uh, and I think that time, brother, I think that time happened when it was 12 to 3 and they got down inside to 5. And they said, all right, we just need one. We just need one touchdown. Yeah. This game is over. Yeah. And if you go look at the game script from there on, it, they didn't. They just was like, ah, right, we're going to turn around and hand the ball off. 
Because Tom, yeah, Tom, Tom wasn't dicing them up or anything like that. He, nah, he had a deep shot to to um, to what's the name on the right sideline that got him about what forty yards, which is fantastic uh, catch by the way. By yeah, um, what's the name? Other than that, it was very much dink, dink, dink. Get bend but don't break, and and they didn't break until the third quarter. And, and so the only thing that, that I didn't like about the – but this was another thing I didn't like about the defense. I'm surprised you didn't was, go run defense, uh, to be honest. Well, that's where I was going. That's mm-hmm. where I was going. I was like, we got <laughs> – I don't know how many – you might have noticed this. I don't know how many uh, over 10-yard runs we gave up. It just felt like we gave up a lot of those, like gashes, man. And it was just like – I was like, man, this seems like that Rams game back in the playoff game. But um, but anyway, Scott, hey, man, I just wanted to call and point those, two, those few things out to you, man, and just tell you why I said uh, the defense – uh, uh, you know, just my thought process on the defense. Uh, hey, one more thing, and you can just tell me this offline. Do you think that they did a lot of uh, – one of the things I was worried about last year was um, them uh, making Dak change plays into what they wanted. Did you see a lot of that? No. Um, no, yeah, I, I didn't, didn't see it either. I came out of this regular defense, and we, they didn't move around much. They, just, they didn't they have to. Said, We're going to play cover. Yeah. They flooded the, – they, they just kept seven guys back, man, and just made it hard for – we gotta solve that. It was man. it was the most basic, the most basic game plan I've ever saw. First, second down, we're just gonna drop back. Third and medium or longer, we're coming with five. Sometimes we'll come with six. His third down packages were pretty damn great, but it was so simple, man. It was so simple. But AB Burt, pre- appreciate the call, good brother. Uh, Always good talking to you. Yeah. All right. <sighs> good stuff there with B Burt. Yeah. On Lenny's biggest run, I believe it was to the left side for about 17 yards. What bothered me the most was the pre-snap look. You can't give a team the numbers advantage right away. And what I mean is, again, I don't have the actual play. Maybe I go back and look at it. Somebody else maybe knows what I'm talking about. You had, in one situation, a four or five on two or three, meaning you had the tight end, the tackle, the guard, the center. They might even have a fullback back there. I can't remember. But you had those guys against one defensive tackle in the gap, one defense end, and a linebacker. The number advantage was to the Buccaneers before they even snapped the ball. They They didn't have to motion nobody. They didn't have to... Pull nobody. It was a numbers advantage. It actually was the play where Donovan Smith just just threw LVE like a rag doll, like a rag doll. So that one that frustrated frustrated me a little bit more uh, than anything about that was that well, why are we not gap sound? Why are we not disciplined? Why are we not understanding what we're seeing in front of us and shifting, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, what was that about? And I wonder, and I have to go back and look. Wonder if that was the play where J. Ron Curse wasn't there, a guy who was responsible for getting dudes in order. And but but you still have to communicate from a linebacker standpoint, communicate from a defensive line standpoint. And last thing, and I'm going to get to this game. Last thing, I Micah in the middle. I understand he was a, a menace pass rushing. There was snaps where LVE's in the middle, and I'm like, damn it, I feel like if that was Micah, he gets there, he blows it up, or he tracks it down. Kind of my worry that was that you know with him in the middle is it's not going to be as quick, it's not going to be as fast, it's not, it's not going to be as disruptive. With that said, it took 40 minutes, but we're moving on to Cincinnati. We're moving on to Cincinnati, and let's do it, y'all. I know it's, it's rough, but we got to do it. 
So let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals offense against this Cowboys defense. First, we got to take a look at the skill players, which it is a stacked group, a stacked group. Uh, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow, the young phenom at the helm. Offense wasn't particularly great against the Steelers, but they they had their moments. They they had their their times moving the rock and whatnot. And we're still talking about Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon. Um, just kind of some cleanup from that game. T. went out with a concussion after only playing uh, two dozen snaps or so. And the reports coming out early on T. Higgins is that he's doing well. He's doing well, and we'll see. But there's no status on his his, his uh, week two status. There's no update on that just yet. Uh, Tyler Boy got dinged up. Joe got dinged up. But those guys play a crap ton of snaps, by the way. Because that game went all the way down to the end of overtime, these dudes ran 100 plays. When you include penalties that got called back and had to do it again. 100 plays. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, But from a running game standpoint, this running game is almost exclusively Joe Mixon. It's Joe Mixon or bust. They're not really giving a rock to uh, Perrine. He only carried it 55 times last year anyway. But Mixon carried the ball 27 times in week one. Think about that. 27 times. Half of what Perrine got last year. Now, it wasn't the greatest outing for Joe Mixon. He only had 82 yards, and he averaged less than four yards per carry. But, again, Mixon's good, and and he sometimes it just takes one, and he broke off about a 32-yarder, and that was the one. But here's what I admire about what the Bengals did. They stuck to it. He ran it 27 times, so they stuck to it. They made you have to commit. And that's what we talked about earlier with Devin White. They didn't care about biting on play actions because the Cowboys weren't going to make them commit. The Bengals didn't rush for some great yardage or yards per carry. But if you go watch that tape, there was often times where it was a play action. The linebackers had to commit because the Bengals committed to the run game. I digress. Now, they're never going to be a team that leans on the ground. But once again, Joe Mixon is not a slouch. Cannot sleep on it. Another Zach, Zach Taylor, another McVay disciple here in Zach Taylor. So you're going to see a lot of these Ram-like run concepts, okay? You're going to see a lot of these at-snap motion, pre-snap motion, getting the line or a, a wide receiver out to block from inside. You're going to see a whole lot of stuff. And here's the problem with that. The Cowboys were one of the worst teams against the run when you had at-snap motion during the play. So that makes me a little bit nervous. Um, and the reason why I know they run a lot of these Ram Ram concepts, not even because of the game I watched with against the Steelers. Uh, last year, when I was preparing for the Niners, I went and watched the Niners versus the Bengals to see, hey, how can you run against this team when you have weapons to throw as well? And I just saw a whole bunch of misdirection, a whole bunch of misdirection. And that's kind of how they had uh, some of their success was attacking those edges or getting some misdirection with your tight end, with your wide receiver, with the running back, et cetera. So um, it's not going to be clean. They never are going to be a clean run team because they don't care. They, they don't care to really lean in on that. They want to throw the rock. Rightfully so, right? When you got Joe Burrow and those boys. Rightfully so. So when we look at the passing game, 
Joe Mixon wasn't that good in week one. Now, he's a ridiculous talent. I mean, I love watching Joe Mixon. He's, he's fun to watch. He's ridiculously talented. But, you know, he made some costly rookie mistakes early on in that game, and one of them resulted in the pick six, if we're being completely honest. See if I got some. Yes, indeed, I do. One of them resulted in the pick six. Much like Justin Herbert last year when we did the Justin Herbert study. Fun dude. Great arm. Fantastic football player. Super aggressive, and he's going to give you a shot. That's Joe Burrow. He is going to give you multiple chances, multiple at interceptions. And he threw four of them. A lot of tight window throws because he's got the arm to do it. So I personally think that Trayvon Diggs is going to get some opportunities here um, to get some picks. Now, two of the picks were legit picks. Two of them were at line of scrimmage picks. But he has some more turnover worthy throws uh, in this game. Now, with that said, with him throwing four picks, with him, you know, struggling a bit, he missed some opportunities, too, in this game. No doubt about it. He did. If you're going to man up on this offense, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be paramount to get home. They got ballers at wide receivers that can get open and do significant damage. And y'all already know about Jamar Chase. Okay? We talked about Higgins getting dinged up, right? But if he plays, he's another wide receiver that is going to be tough. Tyler Boyd is one of my favorite wide receivers in the league. Just a very steady uh, slot wide receiver. And let me tell you about their passing game concept. I tell you one thing they ain't. (laughs) They ain't no short hooks and curls all game. That's one thing they ain't. Boy, their route concepts, they will push you deep down the field. And... If you play too far off to protect yourself from these guys, they'll, Burrow will just turn and shut. He'll just turn, throw it straight to Jamar Chase, and let Jamar Chase do Jamar Chase things. Make you tackle me. And if you don't, I can go off for 80 yards down. So you, you, you got to be careful when you man up with this team. The, the Steelers played a lot of zone, and then they, they had some really good blitzing uh, uh, schemes at, from time to time. And last thing on their actual passing offense – is they're very, very sneakily productive out the back door with their running backs. Because they push so deep down the field, it requires your linebackers to drop back more, your safeties, your corners are usually already off, and it it creates that space in between. And Joe and and Perrine, they're very smart. They know how to find that soft spot, and Joe will just dump it down, and he'll get, you know, they already have like eight yards separation, so he'll get those eight yards or more. So just to be wary. You got to kind of watch those guys coming out the backfield. Now, I don't think they're going to do. They don't have a Giovanni Bernard anymore, but still Joe Mixon and Perrine can catch the rock and get you productive yards. Now, let's get to the offensive line, because since they like to push the routes downfield a whole lot, you got to be able to protect it. Right. Apologies. You got to be able to protect it. And they didn't do a really a good job with that. Burrow's going to hold the rock a lot longer than Tom Brady did. So I think the Cowboys will have way more opportunities to get home. Way more. And here's the thing about it. Zach and Joe and the Bengals, they don't care that their offensive line is still shaky. They don't give a damn. They didn't care last year. 
Brady got rid of the ball in 2.19 seconds last week. 2.1. Number one in the league. That's ridiculous, by the way. That's that's not normal. Joe Burrow was 17th in the league at 2.64. So the Cowboys are going to have an half of a second longer to get home. And that's really all it takes for Michael Parsons, right? That's really all it's going to take. Seven sacks is not good. It's not good. If you look at their offensive line across the board here, uh, their interior, their center was fine, but Volson, their left guard, he allowed seven pressures, and I saw him get walked back quite a few times. Alex Kappa, he only allowed three pressures, but I saw him get walked back as well. I did. And from a tackle standpoint, Jonah Williams, the left tackle, was having a lot of issues early and often. He allowed seven pressures and a couple sacks uh, early in that game. And then at the right tackle, obviously, there was Lyle Collins. And before I went and watched this tape, from everything I was hearing and the highlights I was seeing on Twitter and even on the broadcast, because, you know, when you're watching other teams on my show play, I thought Lyle Collins got rolled out in a damn wheelchair. I thought Chaz Green was on the field. Just from what people, what I was hearing, I'm like, damn, Lyle. Let I me mean, go look at this, dude, man, Lyle. He was not Chaz Green. He did not roll out there in a wheelchair. That's not what happened. I thought this man lost every rep. I thought he would. That's not what happened. The seven sacks, I was expecting five of those things that have come on Lyle Collins. That's not what happened. It was much more of a battle than people are making that out to be. Now, with that said, <laughs> it wasn't a clean game either. You'll see him on the ground. You'll see him lunging. You'll see him having trouble dealing with speed, a.k.a. You'll see him dealing with typical Collins, Lyle Collins stuff. 100%. 100%. Now, being that it's TJ Watt, help was definitely needed on that side. There's no doubt about it. You'd have been a fool to one-on-one to -on -one with TJ Watt all game. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. He got some help, and he won some reps one-on-one -on -one as well. But T.J. Watt did some things that made me laugh during that game, too. I mean, he put him in a spin cycle a few times, and I, and I was kind of chuckling when I was watching this tape. But make no, make no mistake about it. Michael Par He don't want the Michael Parsons smoke. <laughs> he don't want that. I was having trouble deciding, do I want to put Michael Parsons on Lyle? Do I want to put Michael Parsons on the left tackle? I think it's a favorable matchup in general. But these are the key defenders to me because they're going to push this rock. They're going to. And I think it's going to be extremely important for Micah, DeMarcus, and Osa to get pressure. Osa from the interior, not just Osa, Neville Gallimore and those guys. But I saw quickness and strength kind of disrupt uh, Vols in that left guard. I think that's a mouse in the house over there. Uh, DeMarcus Lawrence is going to have to win his, his reps against Lyle Collins on the right side. Now, I'd, I'd venture to guess Lyle would rather deal with DeMarcus Lawrence because he's not going to beat you with speed. He's going to be more of a technique guy, but Lyle can lose with that as well. But Micah is obviously seems like every week is going to be that guy you got to find because he can absolutely wreck this game for Joe Burrow. Problem is they don't give a damn. They're going to continue to still throw that thing and you're not going to get home every time. And that's why that leads me to Trayvon Diggs. Diggs is going to have opportunities. Diggs has to take advantage of those opportunities. 
I didn't hear anybody coming at Diggs after week one because he gave up that touchdown. But other than that, you put on the film, Diggs was Diggs was fine. Jamar Chase is a different story. Jamar Chase is a different animal. Jamar Chase is a problem. So he has to, if he if he gets in some 50-50 ball situations, if he gets tips, there can't be almost. He's got to come down with it. Cowboys are going to need every possession they could possibly get. Everyone they could possibly get. So that was kind of my overall take on what I saw last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers and doing a little digging and how the Cowboys need to come away from uh, or need to come into this game dealing with, which is going to be a potent passing attack, period. It just is. That's a good football team over there. That's a good quarterback. That's it's a really damn good um, wide receiver core. And Zach Taylor is no slouch at dialing it up. No slouch. Yeah, sir, ADP. It's funny. You call Watt an alien? I was going to call him a cyborg. I mean, the dude, there's not too, excuse me, there's not too many outside linebackers because that's what he plays that can put their hand on the ground, stand up, and drop back. He can do all that at an elite level. Just, just a fantastic player on a Hall of Fame trajectory. All right, man. Let's uh get into the chat here, see what you guys got to say. Apologies if that was a long-winded explanation but that's what we do here on Wednesdays we take a look at the opposing team and break it down Charlie G super chat thank you for the donation says if Dallas runs the ball not trick plays takes the check down to Zeke and Pollard and takes shots when they're open with this defense rush might get the W if if it was a fifth we all be drunk um if Dallas does one two three four five six seven eight nine ten different things perfectly they'll get the W you're not lying. I mean, everything is going to think about this for a second. You almost had to be perfect offensively and defensively with Dak. What do you think you got to be without him and Cooper Rush? Oh, yeah. You've got to be on schedule. There, there's no messing up. You got to be on schedule. Did I miss any more? Nope. All right. Let's get back into the horns here. My guy, set it off, Chris. What's goody? What's good, man? Everything straight this morning? Everything straight, good brother. You sound, be- you sound better. You sound more chipper. You sound more. Let me tell you why. Vibrant. You sounded like my dude, Skywalker Steel, right now. Let me tell you why. Because I, I, I watched other football. I watched more football. I didn't have to watch the mm-hmm. depressing film from the Cowboys. I watched other teams, and mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, man, this is cool. Football, right? And then you watch the Cowboys, you're like, ah, man, this sucks. Cowboys football. <laughs> I mean, you know, you look at it, you you get back and you, you dive and, and and dig and you you try to find this and you try to find that. You just come up with the point, man. Like you said, uh, you know, you ain't use a drop, but man, it's always one of my favorite. It is what it is, and it is um, it is. we just it is what it is. So we just gonna wait for we gonna wait for them uh, to uh, get uh get. Yeah, this four to six week thing, man, I, I I don't know. I don't understand it, and really I don't care. But my question is to you, because you broke down, you know, Cincinnati so beautifully and what we can do to attack them. My question is, uh, br- good brother, is does it matter if we win this game or not? Because if we if we win the game, mm. okay, but the snake, but the snake, the snake oil salesman, you know, that cat, He's going to spin this thing. And so I'm looking at big picture, man. And I think I'm about to start a campaign. And I, and I don't know if I can get you in on it. Let's Yo, see. man, can we, get, can we get Charlotte to run the oh, yeah. business? 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm one hundred percent with you on that. Dude, I I I need to cut and go to tech. Can we just because because you just need somebody who don't care about getting the credit. Yeah. You got to care for someone who cares about the organization and what they do in the community, and I think Charlotte's perfect for that. But like like B Bird said so eloquently, and he and B Bird's been been on this on this march by himself, like the children of Israel around the walls of Jericho. <laughs> Listen, he has been on this march about, yo, we don't have football people in the building, so why do we keep expecting football product to come from non-football people? So all I'm saying is you're going to break down this and you're going to break down everything because I, I truly believe Joe Burrow believes in his talent and they're going to they gonna chuck it up and they're going to keep us in the game, you know, in the whole nine. But my question is, Man, do it really matter? Because if they rush this dude back after four weeks, right? Mm. And if we don't get to the NFC Championship game, all this stuff is really for a failed season. All, all we really vying for is to get double-digit wins in back-to-back seasons since we haven't had that, like I told you, boss, it's Chan Gailey. But we really don't believe this team can win at all. So if you really don't think this team can win at all, why bring them back early? That's just my question, bro. Are you? Are you? Uh, who are you asking? Are you asking the staff? Or are you? Who are you asking? Are you asking Jerry? Because because I'm asking you. I don't, I don't trust that goddamn staff, man. Because I don't trust them people. Relax, I trust relax, you. Relax, I'm, I'm relax. trust you, bro. I trust you to ask to give me your insight on it. Because I don't Because I know what they gonna do. They gonna bring them back early. They go and they gonna be able to build the narrative to blame. Blame Rain. Oh, he's not this. He's not that. But he ain't got adequate pieces to do it. You asking this dude to build a? You asking this dude to make just make brick with? with yeah, huh? <laughs> you can go ahead and answer the question. Are you gonna I'm, let me? I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying. I'm. I'm saying what I'm saying. I just need to know what you think, brother. I'm off. I'm, I'm I didn't trying. need to go. Yeah, on. I'm trying. I'm trying. Here's the problem. I'll be quiet, I'll be quiet. Here's the problem. <laughs> with what you're saying. <laughs> I get it. Hey, man. I get it. It's a passion. Is is they believe this is a Super Bowl team. That's the problem. And they make that decision. I, what I think about him being rushed back does not matter. I, I told you, I don't think that they should. Now, does that mean I'm about to just sit here and come on here five days a week, every single week, and, and just talk about how the Cowboys ain't winning the Super Bowl? Nah, brother. Ain't going to happen. I got a job to do. I'm going to break down these games. We're going we gonna to talk about this, and I'm going okay. to I'm gonna readjust my lens. I never had this team as a Super Bowl winning team anyway. Right. Okay, so okay, so okay. I'm not I'm not coming okay. on here every week breaking down this thing, looking saying this is gonna win the Super Bowl. Um uh, I, I already told y'all at the top of the show, I don't think Dak should be rushed back. Um does it okay. I guess if if your question is does it matter what the Cowboys do, they're not gonna win the Super Bowl anyway. That's that's fair. Uh my my uh-huh. retort my retort would be I wouldn't even bother watching. If 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 that's right. the case, right? Like if if you if you're I, and I listen, I'm with you. I, tu- I truly believe this is in the Super Bowl team anyway. I said at the beginning of the season. But I'm watching. Right. I'm going to watch. I'm going to cheer. I'm cheer. I'm going to break it right. down. I'm going to do all that. If if people are that upset, right, to where it is it, it, bothering them that bad, I, I'm telling you, don't uh-huh. let – this is life in general. If it's something you can get out of your life, get it the hell out of your life. Just don't turn it on. Don't – don't don't listen. Don't talk about. The, don't listen to the cowboy stuff. Don't do any of that because it just all it's going to do is fester in you and piss you off, right? Like I've done that in life with people I know. I just was like, I'll block somebody or mute somebody. I'm like, I'm not letting this emotion affect me when I can literally control it. 
right? So that's that's all mm-hmm. I'm that's all I'm gonna say about this this situation here. Uh, I'll set it off, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. I. I and I'm. I'm. I'm kind of with you. I just kind of wanted to get your your you know your gist on it because you know being that we that you know you do and all the other great cowboy content creators and all the passionate fans that rock with you every morning, man, because you get us out of the the you know the foolishness that comes on the other yeah. four letter networks and stuff like that. We just want to get some good content. Right. But and so and the reason I ask that is because if he comes back, what do we, since we've adjusted our our lens. What are we expecting? And I don't know if you changed, if you said that what you're expecting now. But but your breakdown, like I said, of the Bengals mm. was spot on. I I'm, I'm not so much worried. I'm not so much worried about Micah because I don't I don't like the fact of, you know, okay, we're kind of relegating the defensive end. My question to you is, and, uh, and I'm, I'm gonna get it out your way. Who do you get the green dot to since J. Ron's not on the field? And I and I'm gonna get it out to your head, bro. My God, P- you know, I, I like to, yeah. I got you. Appreciate you set it off. No problem, bro. We'll talk later, man. We'll set it off. Chris, let me make sure I put the name. <laughs> hey, man, I just want to know one thing before you let me huh. get to that bottle before you, you started this thing the other I should, day. I should have drank the whole thing. Huh? I should have drank the whole bottle. <laughs> <laughs> drink. Drink the pour, my brother. Oh, drink the pour. Drink the pour. <laughs> <laughs> My man, appreciate you, bro. Blessings, bro. We'll talk later. Yes, indeed. Let me lock these up here. Uh, what, 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 what changes if when he comes back? Nothing to me. Uh, my my expectations with this, the Cowboys' offense currently constructed was always gonna have to lean on this ground, ground game. Gonna have to do some perimeter perimeter things schematically. You were gonna have to be even better than you've ever been in in the Dak Prescott or Tony Romo era. To be to be frank. Um, nothing will change when he comes back in that manner. Now, you may have some physical, tangible things that change because Gallup should be back. Washington should be back. Peters could potentially be at left tackle. So you will get a talent surge. By the way, how many... I mean, I ain't saying that James Washington was doing anything anyway before he got hurt. think I would have liked to have him out there, though, on Sunday. think I would have liked to have him out there. But, um... So, so maybe you get a physical, tangible change in that manner, um, and that'll help Dak, and that'll help the offense in general. But, but nothing changes from what I what I expect or what I thought needed to happen coming into the season, even when he returns. Um, to be to be real with you, now Green Dot, LVE, from my understanding, LVE was the one working as a second team Green Dot guy um, when J. Ron Curse was out. So I expect LVE to be that guy, which means more LVE on the field. Uh, whew. Listen, Tom and them didn't even need want to throw the ball that much, and when he did, he got it all faster than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Two point one seconds is stupid. Um, almost less than two seconds. That's crazy. Joe Burrow, don't give a damn about getting that ball off quick. So he gonna put pressure on you know linebackers, the safeties, the corners, and everything like that. I once again, I am asking, and Danny doesn't even like this cat. He always asks. He calls him the great, the great Jabril Cox. Please, coach, I need more. Can, can you can you please put Jay uh, Jabril or Brillo is what they call him? Can you put him out there against a team who's going to pass the rock a lot? Inactive last week shocked me. Shocked me. So we'll see what happens again. See what happens again. 
get to James, the truck driver. What's good, James? Hey, what's up, Scott? How you doing, up, bro? You? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm all right, man. Out here, give me a little exercise. I had the night off. Yeah, I see ya. Get it in, bro. Get it in. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out here walking. I trying to do my little five and a half. Man, let me let me say this. I ain't gonna hold you long. Three problems. We got Jerry, we got Steven, and we got Kellen. Mm-hmm. And because Jerry and Steven believe in Kellen, we're going to continue to have problems. That offense that was out there on Sunday, that was straight pathetic. Yeah. We were running the ball, and we got away, we got away from running the ball. Running the ball, what, 42 times? Um, I believe that if we would have ran the ball more, it would have been more of a competitive game. But Kellen Moore, he can't adjust, man. He can't adjust. We've been talking about this all offseason. He cannot adjust. It's not in him. So this is what we're working with. I predicted 9 and 8 from the jump. I didn't know whether that 9 and 8 was going to get us in the playoffs or not. But now I think that 9 and 8 is going to go down, and we're not going to see the playoffs. We have a problem offensively. And yeah. because we have a problem offensively, we will not progress. Look at our receivers. Do I mean look look at game one? Do we are, are we saying that CD is a is a number one? Now he got targeted eleven times. Granted, what he had two catches, and 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 when he didn't he get the ball perfectly thrown to him, he want to throw a fit. Hey, I didn't like he that. He did that last. He did that. Last, I didn't like that either. And he did that last year too. He did that last year too. Yeah. Um, and you just said you would you would have liked to seen James Washington out there. Yeah. Bruh, I would have liked to seen James Washington out there too, compared to what went out there. Now Noah Noah didn't do bad. We don't stretch the ball vertically. No, we we, they, we like literally said, brother, we literally ran zero vertical routes with the wide receiver or tight end lined up in tight. Not one. The rest of the league did it almost twenty percent of the time. If, if, I don't know how much more, and I don't mean I don't mean to go on a tangent about this. I don't know how much more I have to show you guys or tell you guys or or what have you that says this is a schematic issue, and it's a schematic phil- philosophical issue for years. This isn't new. Different offensive right. coordinator, same philosophical issues. It doesn't surprise me because it's this. Jason Garrett was under Scott. Scott comes. Guess who's under Scott? Kellen. Kellen comes. You're going to have the same philosophies in in reality. You may have a little wrinkle, razzle, dazzle here or there, but the principles of the offense don't change. It's why in 2000 and what was it, y'all, eight or whatever it was, you had Ray Lewis say, yeah, we knew what they were going to do. And in 2022, you got Devin White saying, yeah, we knew what they were going to do because this has always been about system. And the only time it got wrinkled was when Scott got here and he got thrown in. Uh, Scott got here and he understood, I cannot do what I did once in Detroit. I can't do what I once did in Minnesota. I've got to run this ball because that's a strength. And I saluted Scott for that. I saluted Scott Linehan yeah. for that. But then when you get figured yeah. out, right, you got to have a counter. And we didn't have a counter. And they thought that Kellen was the counter. And all Kellen was, in my opinion, was a product of his environment. To date, unless proven otherwise. Not only a look, not only a product of his environment, but I, I think I think he's worse 
he he hasn't gone through the growing pains of even of even um, being a offensive coordinator. Right. He jumped straight from a quarterbacks coach, and he was the quarterbacks coach to a guy who he couldn't even beat out. Hold on, a quarterbacks coach. <laughs> he went straight from quarterbacks coach into a Ferrari. He was yeah. given the keys, and he yeah. never driven yeah. anything like this before. In fact, he's never driven. Period. Think about exactly. that. For, think about that for a second. Imagine you, sixteen year old you. I got my license at sixteen. I don't know when y'all got your license. Imagine sixteen year old you. You a truck driver. Let's not even talk about a Ferrari. Sixteen year old you, who's never driven a day in his life. You go out and somebody gives you a CDL. <laughs> And you got to go out there on the road and you're not practicing in the parking lot. You're not practicing anywhere. You're practicing in heavy traffic. Five o'clock traffic. Northeast traffic. Northeast traffic. And when you get out there, you're just mowing people down, right? Because you got a big, heavy-duty truck. So it looks like, oh, I can get from point A to point B because I got all these great players. Well, when you got to make a turn, when you got to slow down, and you can't find out what's what's that hill called? Well, where you know sometimes if it's a runaway a runaway uh, uh, truck, it, they have that 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 I think it's a hill or something, right? That makes y'all stop. Am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, like like the runner, yeah, like the runaway. It's like the runaway ramp. The runaway ramp coming down here when yeah. you lose your brakes. Yeah, it, it might, and, you, and he can't find the runaway ramp, or he he don't know how to make a sharp turn when he's on a mountain somewhere, right? And now you crash. So yeah. I just want to say this, and I'm gonna let you go. I know you got callers, Cowboy Nation. Look, we 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 in it now. Um, we just gotta go for the ride. But my suggestion to you, and, and I've always felt this way throughout the whole off season, mm. don't get your expectations up high because it is not going to be a high season this season. I said nine and eight, and I and I put that nine and eight on the defense. Yeah. Now, I mean, with the receivers that we got and they're that gone, you know, for a while anyway, they said four weeks. I don't trust Jerry. I don't trust none of them. We don't know how long he's going to be gone. So mm. just, you know, just, you know, just be, you know, if you're going to watch the game, like you said, if you're going to watch it, watch it. If, if it upsets you to the point where, you know, you, you know, it's, it's a life changer, just don't, don't turn it on. Don't turn it on. Yeah. And that's all I got, bro. I'm going to let you, I'm going to listen. Um, I appreciate you, and I'll be chiming back in with you. My man, appreciate you. All right, bro. Let me go ahead and mute you here. There we go. We got a super chat, and it's it's a it's not, it's a backhanded super chat here. And to me, you clearly could have not been listening. You clearly couldn't have not been listening, Micah, for L for LT. Super chat. Like, I don't sometimes I don't understand fans, man. It's like y'all y'all don't want to put y'all don't want to listen. This is what he said. If you think we ain't going to the playoffs or Super Bowl, then stop podcasting. What the F is up with y'all after week one? I I I don't even know. I don't know. What's wrong with y'all, man? I'm trying to be as respectful as possible. Number one, sir. I'm going to do what the f I want to do on my show. It's number one, Micah for LT. Number two, I am not here to blow smoke up nobody's butt. I'm not here 
to lie to you. I, I'm not here to fake it and pretend or anything. I have done nothing but tell y'all what I believe, what I see, and, and, and use data and try to give a realistic outlook on that data. Just because somebody doesn't believe a team is going to the Super Bowl, which I didn't believe that, but I did believe they'd be a playoff team, does not mean you shouldn't be out here doing your job, discussing the team. And I'm mad I'm even giving this dude this much amount of time, but maybe you didn't understand, you didn't pay attention. If you like the Cowboys as much as I do, if you love the Cowboys as much as I do, win, lose, or draw, you're here for it all. You're listening to podcasts. You're listening to this. You're listening to that. You're researching. I'm a junkie for the Cowboys. Before I even did this. This is why I wanted to do this. So let me throw that back to you, sir. If you believe, no matter what, Dallas is going to the Super Bowl every year and that's what you want to hear, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. Because you're not getting the rah-rah Skittles and rainbows on a daily basis on this channel. And I'll say this respectfully because I don't know how new you are, brother. I don't know how new you are, but that's how I rock here. I'm not everybody's cup of coffee. I'm not everybody's cup of coffee. But I can be your shot of whiskey. Not digress. Super chat. Hamzone71, appreciate the super chat. Kellen Moore calls plays like he's in the dark right now looking for the light switch. Mm. Shug said angry Scott. That's not even, you know that ain't angry Scott. That was being as respectful as I possibly can with such a short-sighted uh, uh, take on this show. Now let's get to some callers. Deshaun, what up? What up, Scott? I've been trying to get to you the last two times. I know, bro. I know. Work got in the way, so I'm, it's I got time today. Uh, <laughs> so, well, first of all, to that person, like I said, if you don't want to watch it, you can go and get up out of here. Cause Facts. You find no now, 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 my, now my man's hurt, gonna, and, and now, now I'm a fake fan if he's talking to me. I'm not really sure if this <laughs> dude's talking to me, but if you are talking to me, that is crazy. You don't even know me. And you, you know me talking about and reporting on this team and, and, and my fandom is here, but you have no idea who I am in real life. And you call me a fake fan. That's hilarious. But go ahead. Hey, yeah. But I, I told you, Scott, I said, Scott, at the beginning, you, you laughed at me. You was like, they run the ball 30 times. I'll enjoy it. I'm like, okay, then why? And that's exactly what it did. The reason why they didn't want to throw a lot, Michael was breathing down Tom Brady's back. Now, if some people realize, if you watch the tape in the first half, Mike was on Tristan Wirth. Mm. Once they switched him over to the other left tackle, then they was in trouble. Uh, I think one of the plays, Michael saved him. Diz got burnt, and Julio was wide open up the middle. But by the time Brady seen it, Mike already had him. So it was it was one of them things where offense did need to show up. Mm. Now, my topic is with Kevin Moore. Personally, me, I personally, it, it's one of them things where – you just throw somebody in the fire and leave them there just to burn. Now, I'm pretty sure you talked about earlier in the show, Mike McCarthy not knowing what the offense, like a plays or scheme is. And it's just telling more, just doing things. Like Devin White said, he said, once we find out, once once you get the footage, 
Tony Romo says this. Once you get the footage on an offensive coordinator, then then you then you really find out what you what you're really made of. So once tape is out on you, then we're gonna really find out what you are truly made of because now they know your tendency. And Deshaun, if I can interject there, it, week one is the is the perfect time to to do different things. It's the perfect time because no, there's not a book out on you, right? The problem is mm-hmm. Tampa was so confident that. It was so confident that Kellen would not do anything different than what we saw the last 10 weeks of the season. That they came out here game planning for that, and Dallas went right with it. Where last year, when Dallas opened up in week one, in my opinion, I saw things that they hadn't done the previous years on a consistent basis. And I think that's what helped um, ultimately, you know, have them have a good outing in that game, plus the players, obviously, right? But they also had a better game plan, in my opinion. But, but I digress. So my um, my question is, what makes us think that we're going to go out here and do something different? That's my thing. Because if I think we will. even even if <laughs> even if Kelly is like, okay, you know what, everybody got me figured out, he's going to try to do. I guarantee you, you're going to see a reverse. You're going to see some kind of trick play. You're going to see something cute because he's going to be like, okay, I got Cooper Hester. I don't have that, so I got to do something. If I do something cute, it's going to end up making us lose, what, four or five yards in the process of it? Instead of just, okay, you know what? I have a running back. I have Ezekiel Elliott. I have Tony Potter. Let's utilize them. The reason why Tampa never bit on the play action, you never committed to the run. Yes. Once you, once you, force, once yes. you force them to say, hey, I'm oh. here. I'm going to run this ball. I mean you both know I'm going to run the ball, but you still cannot stop me. They have to say, you know what? We got to bring our safety down. Season them one on one that leaves all these people an opportunity to be able to get it down the field. That's let what let me go a step they further. Let me go a step further. It ain't even had, it ain't even just that they didn't commit to the run game because they could have done that and it probably still wouldn't have mattered. It was the fact that Tampa Bay went into the game knowing you're not going to commit. So when they ran those three, maybe it was four play actions in the first half. I don't think it was a ton in the second. You see the linebackers not biting because their the game plan was I don't give a damn if you do run it, right? I don't care if you get your five, six, seven yards because you're not going to do enough damage to the point where you're going to score touchdowns, and that was the case. And you're also not going to do enough damage to where you keep on running the ball, and that was the case. They completely and utterly disrespected your game plan in week one, and if I was Kellen and if I was the coaching staff and if I was the players, I'd come out week two and be pissed off and try to switch some things up. So we'll see if they do. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate the call, man. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. All right, man, I got these locked up because we got a whole lot of callers. Oh, look at my guy, Mel. What's good, Mel? I ain't even peep you in there. King Sky, what up, big bro? What's goody? Man, um, it's crazy, bro. All off season, me and you had the same kind of conversation about Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Kellen Moore. We was on this all off season. There's a there's a group of us that are not surprised at all about the week one outcome or even how it looked. We knew the offense was talent deficient, but now we're in the season, and I see a lot of people, mainly some a lot of the same ones that were, you know swallowing their Skittles and, you know, and their rainbows are the same ones now that are like, the season is over, 
you know, yada, 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 and they're like, I don't even want to watch. And my thing is this. You still got man. You, I love the Cowboys, bro. I love the Cowboys. It, it ain't, it ain't nothing I can do. Right. It ain't nothing. Don't be a fan no more. I, I've been called a fake. I mean, I predicted the Cowboys was gonna lose this game, twenty-eight to ten. That was my prediction, and it was only because it wasn't because I felt the defense was bad enough to give up twenty-eight points. It was just I felt the offense wasn't good enough to keep the defense off the field, and at some point the defense tires. You're going up against Tom Brady. I kind of maybe thought 28-10, but they only gave up 19, which is even better than what I thought. But mm. I say all that to say the season is not over. The season is not over, bro. Like, And when I say it's not over, I don't mean like we could still win the Super Bowl or we could still make the playoffs. What mm. I mean is as fans, we can still enjoy ourselves watching Michael Parsons. We can still enjoy ourselves watching uh, J. Ron Curse when he come back. We can still enjoy ourselves um, watching some of these some of these players that we want to see develop and that we want to see you know go out there and be good. I'm I'm done with calling in talking about Jerry. I'm done with calling in talking about Steve. We know this already. We know we like how many how many times can we call in and still talk about. Hey man, the organization that we already know this. We already know the organization, boo boo. We know. I've this. been saying uh, that. That's that's my thought process for how many years, man. Like, I, I I already know what they are, and this is, but this is what we have to overcome. So let's kind of try to figure out how the hell you how the hell you do that on a week to week basis. And of course, you got to adjust your lens after what happened in week one. Um, if even if you don't want to adjust it, you know, for the whole length of the season, you got to adjust it at least for week two. And my thing is just what you just said. I'm starting to sound like my boy with the my thing is. Um, <laughs> enjoy the games week to week. This week we got Cincinnati. And I'm going to be honest. I told you off, off, off the uh, call, I believe this game is winnable. It is winnable. This, um, I think our defense can get after Burrow. Burrow is mistake prone, and we are a defense that takes advantage of mistakes. If. And if it was a fit, we all be drunk. But if we can look at that week one film and say, you know what? There's a short passing game, but not the short passing game we think. What you pointed out yesterday in the breakdown about how this should be the first read right here. Not not this read. If we if we can get that shorter passing game working, not the hooks, not the curls, but those immediate boots where we're seeing some of those leak outs, we're seeing some of those check downs, if we can hit those early and get this running game going and commit to it. Because you know, you already know where I stand with Zeke. But I'll be damned if I get on here and lie and say the boy wasn't running hard and didn't look nice and fresh and wasn't cutting well. Still, the issue kind of remains I would like to get some big plays out of the running game. And when I say big plays, I don't mean 50 yards. I just mean some 15-yarders, something that can quickly get us that they change that feel, and I think that's where TP kind of comes in. But this is a winnable game, so you know uh, I kind of always feel off like, man, is it is it even is it even worth it to play? <laughs> you vet the cock at me. I had to vet you, man. You gotta you gotta get you gotta get there, man. <laughs> I got like fifteen callers on here, man. <laughs> Enjoy the season, fans. Enjoy the season. Um. Don't don't be so down. Enjoy the season, bro. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go off. I don't want to get back to the clock, man. <laughs> nah. All right, brother. <laughs> All right, Mel. 
Listen, we're going to talk Cowboys offense tomorrow uh, and figure out how we can attack that that Bengals defense. But um, absolutely right. The 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 way you can the, the way this game is winnable, the only way, the only way is defensively. And we, we showed some of you know some of the ways you can mostly is pressure and dealing with this passing defense. Uh, but we'll get to the, the Cowboys offense tomorrow. It ain't going to be fun, but there there's tiny cracks that we, we can discuss here um, real quick. I want to get to the fan focus comment of the day here by T Mac. The moment you call a spade a spade in Dallas, Cowboys Nation considers you a fake fan. I don't get it. 100%. 100%. That indeed is the fan focus comment of the day presented by Boston Scientific. Diabetes, heart disease, and prostate cancer procedures can contribute to ED. Many men aren't aware of this or all of the treatment options that a board-certified urologist can offer. Understand your options and learn where you can find an ED specialist in your area. Visit ed.org to get the facts and find a urologist that can help offer treatment options when other ones do not work. Again, that's edcure.org, sponsored by Boston Scientific. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. That's it, damn it. I'm I'm changing the visual. I refuse to have King Element constantly saying that's me in however many years it's done black screen all right let's get back into the lines nine three six what it is what it do nine three six you are live All right, 936, and I still don't have my what? 843, Salt Lake, right? Or, or Lake City. 843, what up? Yes, sir. What's happening, man? This is Tim. How you doing? What's good, Tim? I'm good, man. Uh, You probably not going to like this call. We had a good call last time, but you probably not going to like me after this call. Hey, man, listen. It ain't nothing new here, man. We, we Disagreeing ain't a new thing here, man. What you got? So, Pete, everybody's talking about Kellen Moore and the Joneses. And uh, what I have to say to that is just simply, if you feel like you can play with a snake and not get bit or act like you're going to be surprised when you get bit, right? that's on you, right? That's true. Uh, I I have my eyes on a different culprit, and everybody's ears are going to perk up when I say this. Probably not, but go ahead. Dak? That, that nobody, Dak nobody's ears are perking up on, on Dak. Are you new here? 75% of this fan base does not like Dak Prescott and, and blames okay, Dak right. Prescott. This ain't new, man. Continue. All right. I'm just saying, you yeah, know. Yeah, this, like this ain't new. Three, three, three points. Yeah. See, I, w- I, would be, I would be mad with Kellen Moore and the Joneses if Dak was. You get what I'm saying? So, you don't, like so you're, not, were, you're not upset with the team building process because the quarterback's not upset with publicly. No, no, I am. I, I definitely am. But I'm not holding them to the fire right now because this is a this is a repetitive thing that I've just been hoping to change. 
Because mm. I love that. But what's he the, don't play good against good teams. I was about to say, what's the repetitive thing? Like last year, your defense holds um, Patrick Mahomes to, mm. what was it, 19? 19 mm. points? You win that game. Your defense holds Tom Brady, his first four drives. This is not this, – this is Tom Brady. This is guy looking like this. is You know, he holds him his first four drives, mm. the field goals. Yeah, okay, the offense cool. couldn't the, do nothing. Yeah, the play the play calling is the play calling is horrible. He they, he don't have no receivers to throw to. I don't want to hear y'all get mad at CD. That's eighty eight. Want to know why that's eighty eight? Want to know why he get mad? Cause he open. He wasn't. I'm though. looking at that. <laughs> but 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 let me let me just let me let me just reiterate what you said. You say yeah, the play calling was horrible. Yeah, he doesn't have receivers. But mm-hmm. I don't care. Get it done. Okay. If you if you if you I'm and I'm I'm just being honest with it because mm-hmm. if you are elite if we gonna because I like again I'm a fan this is from a fan aspect yep. if you are elite and I'm a and I'm a stand up for you and be elite you cannot your defense cannot try cannot try down the field and hold the greatest quarterback to ever do it twelve points and yeah you he's had to be better he was not he was nothing. yeah he was not good uh, in that game question. Do you have that same energy for A Rod this week, where he scores seven points? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and um and um Russell Wilson, you tell your coach no, sir. <laughs> no, nah, Russ. Russ has he has weapons and, and a better coordinator. And Daniel Hackett was just tripping yeah. on that last play there. But but I, I bring for up sure. the A Rod thing to, to to say that I mean the greatest quarterback in my opinion, you know, of this generation from an arm talent besides Pat. Is a rod? A rod's arm is disgusting. Yeah. He's he's ridiculous from a you know I agree. other basis. I agree. Oh, he's worldly, and you couldn't trot out what he trotted out, and he couldn't do anything there either. Problem is, I watched that whole game. Mm-hmm. I watched that whole game. I felt the exact same way. Yeah. Pro- problem is, all we have to fall back on is the quarterback. Yeah, we can talk, and we do. We talk about the we talk about the play calling, which was not great. You talk about the receiving core, which is not great, um, and those are extremely hard things to overcome. L- forget just on a season basis to win a Super Bowl, but a week to week basis. But right, as Stephen right. Jones says, at the end of the day, right at the end of the day, the quarterback is going to get mm-hmm. the blame. The quarterback is going to get all the credit, which I don't agree with either of those things. And right. like you said. I got to put it on Dak. I'm not putting it on Dak, but you are, right? You're putting it on Dak. I think Dak is a part right. of what happened yesterday or Sunday. He did not play good at all. Not at all. And we looked at the tape. I don't know if you watched the show yesterday. We broke it down. We, we, we looked at the tape where one of the, one of the plays that pissed me off was the trust it, rip it, live with it. Mm-hmm. There weren't many opportunities. And, and I even said this yesterday. In a game where you have the most contested balls in the entire NFL in week one in a game where you're not testing anything vertically in a game where the defense knows what you're going to do uh, in a game where they don't respect anything and they're going to make you have to you know sift through a sea of seven or eight it's going to it's going to take maybe four or five opportunities in a 60 play period where you can't miss is that mm-hmm. unfair to any quarterback sure but guess what all we got are those five or six opportunities. And if you only hit on two of them, 
those other three could be costly. And, and to be fair, right. that's probably what happened. You can't afford Dak to miss this read, or you can't afford Dak to miss this throw. You can't afford to herky-jerk and not be sure. You've got to get it out because this is going to be ultimately, as you said here, and a lot of people in this chat, it's going to be on you. It's going to be on you. I'm not the type of fan I've seen on Twitter that states, you know, they're setting him up and all this stuff. That, that very well may be true. It is what it is. Have they set him up with an amazing platform for week one? No, they didn't. But guess what? We need you to make those plays. And he didn't. So he was obviously part of the problem week one. But um, trust and believe me. I don't know how, how many times I got to say this. If if we if we're coming away from not just week one but from this organization period, and your biggest worry is the quarterback, I think you're missing the trees for the forest. If that's the saying, I'm gonna tell you my biggest worry. I I gotta I gotta say something. I'm a I'm a piggyback off of that. Mm. If your biggest worry about killing more is the scheme right now, you're blind to the fact that killing more it might be our head coach. And our head coach is up there in the skybox because he's the only man who's been able to get a response from our team. Who? Dan Quinn. Oh, I was upset. I'm trying to follow where the hell you're going. I'm like, so, so let me run this back. If, if we're, if we're, if Kellen Moore's, if the scheme is one of the worries or the biggest worry, because that's yeah, not the biggest, that, the biggest worry the, of his organization is not Kellen Moore's scheme. No, 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 not the organization. I'm saying yeah, I'm talking the, about the organization. The, okay, okay, right. gotcha. Yeah, I it's was, the, I was it's my biggest it, it's my biggest worry offensively. Yeah, is I'm the worried. Scheme. I'm worried about when Mike leaves. Mike, <laughs> That's what I'm worried about Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Yeah, when Mike McCarthy leaves. Why? Because who's gonna take his spot? I feel like the man who should take his spot is Dan Quinn. But I feel like because of okay. the Joneses, it's going to be killing more. Oh, well, well, listen, I think and I can't. That's, that's, okay. that's what I'm saying when I say, yeah. when I said what I said. It's like that, that is what scares me when I think and talk about killing more. He's obviously incompetent in this position. I'm going to, I'm going to, vec- I'm going to vector you just because you put that damn negative ass nightmarish situation in the air. Oh, come on, man! <laughs> you just made my stomach crawl, man. Hey, appreciate the call. Why? Man. Good stuff. I don't want. Yeah, I don't no, want to see. Sure. Ke- I don't want to see Kellamore head coach. But no, I, I got to get to more callers. But no, good, this is a good conversation. Yes, sir. Man. Do your thing. Yes, appreciate sir. you, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, I forgot what I said at the beginning of the season about that. Somebody had mentioned that you know. And if it is, this is very, very similar, scarily similar to the Jason Garrett, Wade Phillips thing. But I said something along the lines of, if that happens, you may get angry sky for a week straight or something like that. It wasn't even angry sky at the time. I don't even got words, man. Like, like if Kellen Moore is the head coach, man, somebody else. Somebody get on this damn horn real quick. I don't want to talk about this. Uh, 717. What's good, 717? You are live, 717. Wait a minute. Is this Dre? You. 
Drake. Hey, what's good, my boy? What's good? Hey, t- t- turn your house, turn your house down real quick, Drake. What's good, bro? This 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 my bro from back home. Shout out to the porch gang. What up? I I got you, but you might be on a delay. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, so, um, you know, I don't be catching, like, people talking about, like, our, our receivers to committee. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. it, it might I might, it might just be me, but, like, I'm asking you. Like, if you won't have a committee for, like, the number two receiver, you would think that, like, everybody would be different and not mm. be, like, you know what I mean, all possession receivers. You would think yes. you would have, like, a speed receiver, a red zone threat. Like, I feel like we just got a whole bunch of average possession receivers running the same system that, like, number ones couldn't even, like, be successful in. Mm. Not, that, that is an <laughs> excellent point. It's, it's kind of similar to what I said about whenever I was like, yo, go out and get Denzel Mims. In my head, I'm like, uh, I mean, you got that at home. Like, you got right. that physical tradability at home. 6'3", runs a 4'3", big body receiver, go up and get it. That's here. That, that, right. Semi Fehoko. There is no diversity within that wide receiver room. And, and again, we asked for asked for more speed, more vertical threat, and things like that. And and the guy that they have for that is a five foot six, 155 pound guy. All right, cool. That's all we got to work with, Dre. So how do you figure out how to use him? We were told they were going to use him. He got two plays. No targets. He got no he got no touches. <laughs> no touches. And then, like, and then we got uh we got James Washington and Gallup. All right, them guys is who they injured. But right now, it's like you give you give uh, Kellen Moore less weapons with the same the same goal. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. get us get it done. And obviously, he didn't prove that he's not that guy. Right. So like you bring somebody in that can coach up these guys and put a system into where they can thrive, and it's not you know, go beat your guy one on one. We know we know you're a rookie, but go go beat him one on one. You've been here before. Go beat him one-on-one. And, and so that's I, no, it's, it's an excellent observation. It's a frustrating thing because this ain't new for me. I've been talking about this for years where this scheme is very much very much player-based in that you, you've you got to make something happen out there. I'm not going to make it happen for you, right? And that's fine right. when you got Michael Gallup, when you got Mari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and, and, and Cedric Wilson are your distributed uh, weapons. But when you got... Noah Brown, Semi Felco, Dennis Houston, undrafted free agent, Jalen Tolbert ain't even on the field. It's going to be a little bit harder to do. It's going to be harder to do. Right. So, therefore, you got to scheme things. And that's why scheming things was number one on my list for um, uh, for Kellen coming into this season because I knew it wasn't going to be easy out there for those dudes. It ain't fair to them. They put them in that position. It's football, so you got to do it. And when you don't, we're, we're going to criticize it. It is what it is. Yeah, I got two quick points. I ain't trying, you know, I, you, I don't, you know, I don't really call in that much. Nah, so Dre, like, you ain't never called in, so I appreciate you, dog. Go ahead. <laughs> but yo, so like, how you feel about um, like this whole Kellen Moore Dak thing? You think like they, they Kellen Moore adapt to Dak's play style? Because if you remember, as a rookie, Dak didn't force the ball to Dez. He no. likes to spread the ball around. So is Dak? Is it? Is this a system predicated on Dak and like Kellen Moore is getting the blame? Because he's he has a quarterback with the mindset like I don't care who's number one like whoever is open is getting the ball. So is it? Um, well, if that's the if that's back, isn't that contradicting? Because if that's the case, wouldn't you scheme people open? Right. But, but he's right. not doing that's that. What I'm, that's, <laughs> right. That's why I, I mean, because to me, it's like you know I can think. All right, we we want to make it 
Dak friendly based off of he doesn't like to force the ball. But like you said, like if that's the case, the scheme would be different. Like we we shouldn't be running the same scheme that we've seen in the playoffs and, you know, last year in the regular season. But you bring out the same coordinator. So, you know, I mean, and then my, my last point, um, like everybody's down on a run defense, but like what you expect when the offense is three and outs. Like, these dudes is getting tired. And then I I noticed that, like, uh, Neville Gallimore didn't start that game. So yeah, I, Big Bowl. Sure he, he played, though, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i I'm not down on the defense at all. Like, run defense, whatever. I feel like if you, if you give out some seven, eight-minute drives, you get that defensive break, a lot of those run plays don't happen. As far as when we're, uh, when we're on the field and, you know, they're getting – they're letting uh, Fournette get, go off for 100. Yeah, they gotta fix. They gotta fix their run fits too. Like their run fits were, and I'd imagine I didn't go listen to Dan Quinn's interview, and I will. But I wonder if he brought that up. But but their run fits were not uh, right, and they got caught a couple times, and and that's where I think Leonard Fournette's biggest run came at. Um, but but and another thing too, stop taking Demarcus Lawrence off the field. Demarcus Lawrence only right. played on fourteen run snaps in that game, and every on all fourteen they didn't have. They didn't have success when they ran his way or they ran away from Demarcus Lawrence. So, you know, if he's your best guy and you see that they're running the rock, he needs to be out there. But in general, he needs to be out there. I, that was another thing I was looking forward to in this season was saying, all right, D. Law's healthy. He's playing. Let's get him up to 70% of the snaps. Let's get him to 65%. This, this whole number system of 30, he needs 30, 35 snaps. Screw that. Screw that. Your best players need to be out there more often than not. Right. AJ. And like my last point. Yep, go ahead. Um, as far as like uh, Sam Williams, like I don't know if I don't know if it's just me, but when I'm watching him, like I see a little bit of Micah in him. You know what I mean? So if that's the case, why literally not? Literally look like Micah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm talking about as far as I, like, I know, the speed. I know, I know. Just the speed. I'm not compare like you know like Micah's on a whole other level. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But just like the speed part of it, like. Why not just experiment with that? Let him rest the passer and leave Micah in the middle if we gash if we're, if we're getting gashed in the run game. Um, or do you think he's not ready to get on the field? He was on the field, just not on the field a whole lot. No, I think he he needs to be a part of that rotation. Uh, you got a guy I think that can do the, the speed rush things and Dante Fowler. He didn't have the the greatest game on on um, Sunday night, but again, it's so hard to evaluate the the pass rushers unless it was pure pass rushing. Um, plays. That's when the Dallas Cowboys had their best success is when Tom had to throw the ball, and that's why you saw Michael get home. That's why you saw some pressure get home. But when you're releasing the ball in almost less than two seconds, which is absurd, but when you're releasing right. the ball that fast, your pass rushers are null and void. Why do you think Michael Parsons only got home on third downs in the red zone? Because it was an obvious passing situation. Right. That just shows how great he is because for him to get two sacks, Knowing that they got they getting the ball out one point nine two seconds, man, that just shows the testament that that dude got out there. How much? How yeah, hard, but the, you know what I mean? true, but the, but the, but the sacks came on obvious passing downs where they they can't technically. I mean, they could have got it out quick, but it was those it was those third downs where they got to score or they got to get the first. So you know, it it has to be a little bit longer than two second developing play. But yeah, man, Mike is great. Right, man. I ain't, ain't going to hold you up, man. Keep doing your thing, man. You putting on for the city like Micah, dog. My, Have a good one, dog. I appreciate you, Dre. Shout out yep. to the porch. See, y'all don't understand when he said putting you, you putting on for the city like Micah.
I come from a small city. And when Micah made it out there, it didn't matter if he was an Eagle fan or not. It was like the city won. We was rooting for that man in high school, rooting for him in college, and we were interested to see where he went in the pros, and it was awesome. It was awesome. All right, got a couple more. We're going to get up out of here. 484, we in overtime today. What's up, 484, my Reading brother? Good afternoon. I mean, good morning. Mm-hmm. I, wanted to say, I wanted to say a couple of things real quick. So the person that called you a fake fan, that's crazy that, you know, if he would realize the hard effort that you put into your work, he would say that. Okay, another thing. You know, you got to look at it like this. Remember, you're not a $100 bill, so you're not going to appeal to everybody. Okay? That's the way life is. One thing I wanted to say, being that she was in the lab, did you notice that Dak seemed like a little ginger on that ankle? That's something I didn't really particularly notice, no. Uh, maybe I, I'll yeah. go back and, and take a specific look at his ankle. I was more worried about his mental processing because that that's really what this offense is about, and that's really one of his greatest strengths is, is the mental processing. And he was not comfortable um, with that aspect. But from a physical standpoint, I, I didn't quite peep that. I mean, he seemed like regular Dak. He's never going to be a guy that's going to outrun anybody, right? Uh, but when they did run the run play, he got first down, right? So uh, I'll go back and look, though. Okay, because because uh, you know you know your boy on Ross show. I was looking at his um the tape that he was showing with with the with the Tyler situation. And I noticed, like, every time that Dak was stepping into his throat, he seemed a little, like, you know, like he would bounce on it. You know how to when, when your ankle was ginger? I don't know. I, I, I got to go back. There's and... a something ah, I closed it. There's a little something. I'll go take yeah, a look. I'll go take see. a look. But but I, I'm going to be honest with you. I Again, I don't – if you go look at Dak's issue in that game, I don't think it was a physical issue. So, mm. but, but but I'll go look because I, I don't think it was like, oh – Mechanically, this is this is why the throw did this or did that. I, I didn't look that way to me. It just looked like he was just off in that game, period, and didn't trust himself, wasn't comfortable within his processing, and that's why you saw him play as poor as he played. But physically, I got to go look again. I, I got I got you. I'll take a look. Okay. Well, God bless this show, and God bless you, and forget about those people that think negative. God is Cowboy Nation. No matter what, we still got to stick together. Appreciate you, big dog know that i mean he make a point about you question my fan y'all don't even know the half of it the work i put in for this and the obsession i have with this team from a fan standpoint sickening it's so sickening that i turned it into a full-time job (laughs) that's how sickening it is but that sickness that toxic relationship has allowed me and my family to be in, be in a really good situation. So next time you try to question my fandom, just know my fandom is why my family is okay. Three, two, five. What it is, what it do. Hey, it's the Tampa Bay fan from Texas. Hey, I appreciate you calling in. I thought about you after that game. I truly did. And I meant to give you a shout out on Monday. 
you have all the well, all the reasonings here to gloat, but I got a feeling you're really going to have some good football things to talk about. But what's up, man? Yeah, I, w- I wasn't able to watch the show Monday or yesterday. I've been in the hospital, but um, yeah, I, I knew it was going to be a low-scoring game, more defensively than anything, and I will say this: it would have been a lot worse if your defense didn't step up the way they did. That was truly impressive on 100%. coming from from a fan of the other team. Y'all's defense did impress me very well. I mean, Micah is Micah. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if the defense was any worse, this could have been this just could have been an even uglier game. The 19-3 score, I don't even think it, it, it gives enough uh, justice to how just how bad the offense was. But um, but I appreciate the no, kind I, words from the defense standpoint. But and to be honest, much like how I feel, and this, you're not a Cowboy fan, but much how I feel about the draft when I say they draft well, but they got to be better because yeah. of the way they play or the way they do things. The defense played well, but they got to be better because the offense is not the offense of yesteryear. No, it's it's not. I mean, after they tried that funky trick play and that lost them all those yards, at the beginning of the game, it seemed like their rhythm got thrown off and everything just nosedived after that. Facts. It did, man. But y'all y'all had a good game, man. And, and, and again, I'll tell you personally, uh, good game. Good, good luck the rest of the way. Uh, I'm always I'm always a fan of watching Tom. I know a lot of people don't like Tom, but, but I just – I love his mentality. I love his preparation. And I'll, I'll keep an eye on the Bucks this year, man. And if you're going to continue to watch, keep calling in. Appreciate you. I will. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too, man. Later. i tell you what. Y'all, y'all, y'all get me in the chat. I ain't going to lie. I'm getting cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said, uh, can you, uh, King Element, how you going to question this guy as a fan? He's literally the first Cowboy fan. <sighs> Sky been covering the Cowboys since they had leather helmets. You know what You know what I find funny? We in overtime. We got, I think, one more. We'll see. There's people that are new. They don't comment in here. They may have just jumped in here. They don't have a clue what y'all talking about. They're probably like, why do he make an old joke? This kid, He looks like a kid. He looks young. And I see people in the chat, and not, it's not usually here. It's usually on Vacha show. They'll be like, oh, well, well, Sky looks like college or high school or some little young joke, right, Benjamin? Some little young joke. And then others chat is like, yeah, man, Sky was around when the Bible was invented. Like, and so people that don't know what's going on, they have to be watching this like, what is wrong with these people? All I got to say about that is, just got to be here, man. You got to be here. And then you would understand what the hell they talking about. Uh, last call, seven one four. You there? Oh, uh, hey, how's it going, Sky? What's up, man? Hey, so um, I've been kind of uh looking into just different uh, coordinators out in the league, and um, obviously there's a not not everyone's happy with Cohen Moore right now, but um, um, I was actually looking at Dan Pitcher the quarterback coach for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and um, 
Uh, I thought he was looking pretty good. I like uh, your thinking, has, sir. He has aspirations to become a, a head coach eventually. But, I mean, I think to get his feet wet, I think offensive coordinator would be the perfect next step. But um, And then you always want to have, like, little pieces from, like, certain coaching trees. And, yes. you know, he is learning under uh, Zach Taylor. And Zach Taylor was a Sean, Sean McVay disciple. So uh, I think that's, that would be pretty cool. But I wanted to ask you uh, a couple of questions. Uh, first question is, uh, who would be your ideal uh, offensive coordinator candidate? And he doesn't have to be an offensive coordinator right now, but who would be your your candidate for, for an offensive coordinator position with the Cowboys? And second question, and sorry, I'm at, I'm at the Chick-fil-A dr- uh, drive through line. Oh, and then, uh, did she say my pleasure? <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, tell it. Hey, let me let me get a spicy yeah. chicken sandwich. You know I mean, large <laughs> large fry. God, love me some Chick Fil A. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and so the last question is, um, uh, what kind of uh, offensive scheme would uh, Dak Prescott benefit from? Like, what 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 would be the best scheme for him? Oh uh, man. Uh, um, and uh, I, love I, I, I actually, oh, a great question. Uh, so, sorry, Scott. And no, last good, thing, I actually good. called, actually called on Monday to the uh, VOD show. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy that got that got uh, hung up on. <laughs> really? I don't... Yeah, I, I'm the guy that I, I I live like in Costa Mesa next to the Chargers facility. Uh. And I I asked uh, a question about possibly heading up Andy Dalton. Since he kind of already knows the Kevin Moore offense, and he's a better backup quarterback than Cooper. He hung up on you for that one? No, he actually. I was I was uh, about to say uh, about draft possibly drafting a quarterback in twenty twenty four. Okay, but uh, I I wasn't talking about next year. I was talking about twenty twenty four drafting a quarterback. but uh, I wasn't able to get my my word out, and he was like, "Okay, okay." Yeah, he did. But, he did bang on you. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Uh, have a great morning, and that was my that was my call. Thank Appreciate you, man. Great call. Great questions too. Uh, I want to get to those. Um, so we'll start with the back one. The first one I'm having trouble a little bit with, but the back one he said, "What scheme for Dak Prescott?" I think you know a West Coast scheme would work work well with him. Um, I think any scheme from any just any ounce of the McVeigh Shanahan tree, I think what would work uh, great with him as well. And when he asked me about an OC, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's week one, brother. I haven't looked around the league. Um, usually, I start that late in like December. I'll start looking around at coaches who, and we'll start hearing about who are potential head coach candidates or potential offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator candidates. But you brought up yourself the Cincinnati Bengals guy, right? And that that and I said I love what the way you're thinking because I've been saying this for a couple of years. Dallas just loves to be contrarians, right? Like there's a lot of fans like that. There's a whole lot of fans that and, and creators and whomever that no matter what, being a contrarian is just that's what they're going to do. No matter what's staring at you in your eye from a fan standpoint, from whatever, they're just going to be a contrarian about it. And Dallas has been that way in regards to offensive scheming. Where the rest of the league is like, huh, that works? Give me some of that. Go look at the Shanahan tree. Just go look. It is littered throughout the league now. 
Go look at the reeds uh, uh, tree. Not saying it's littered, but I mean, Ken Dorsey's running some Andy Reid stuff. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl in that way. I'm just saying. And Dallas is like, that works? Nah, we want to do it our way. So if you're asking for an OC, I don't have a specific name, but who's the quarterback's coach in Cincinnati? Who's the offensive control guy in Buffalo? Who's the the, the water boy for the Rams? Who's holding the clip and right next to Andy Reid? He's not quite a position coach, but next year he's going to be because that's what Andy Reid does. Who are these guys that are part of organization and offenses schemes that work? Yes, do they have great quarterbacks and all that? Sure, but the, the whole point is to surround these quarterbacks with talent any goddamn way, scheme or no scheme. But the scheme also helps. When you have a scheme, when you have the talent, you have a really damn good situation. When you have just the talent or just the scheme, it's a lot more difficult. But if I had to pick one, right, or not pick one, I shouldn't say that. But if I had to pick an offensive coordinator um, right now, it's somebody from one of those trees. Somebody from one of the trees where the, the these schemes have worked in the NFL and have worked recently in the NFL. Because as we know, things change very quickly. The greatest show on turf ain't the greatest show on turf no more. Who the hell was take, is Mike Martz coaching trick? You know what I'm saying? Like, where is that at in the league? And and, and shout out to the Eric Coriel. Shout out to Ernie Zampezi. Some of those principles are still being run in the league. But who is like, hey, that Ernie Zampezi, that North Turner, whoo-wee. We got to run that offense. We're going to win the Super Bowl with that offense. That offense hasn't won the Super Bowl in the last five years. Not digress. Good stuff today. Definitely went into overtime. Um, didn't get a chance to really, really get into the chat, but I see I am still getting cooked. I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, hey Tom, that is terrific. <laughs> I can't say it. I can, but I don't want to. And this is exactly why. You have to be a subscriber of 20 minutes to comment because Tom's comment would 100% have all the bots racing to this show today. Racing to this show. Appreciate y'all for being here, man. Um, it it truly is like therapy, being able to talk, talk these things out with y'all, whether we agree or disagree. I enjoy this, and I'm glad y'all are just as much of a degenerate cowboy fan as i am so do me a favor hit that like button um subscribe if you are just stumbling across how obsessed i am and we are with this and you enjoy the show subscribe gotta be a subscriber to comment anyway so go ahead and do that for you boy all right later tonight mo will be back on for the a to z sports prime time Make sure y'all check him out there. You can also check him out on A to Z Sports Dallas. A to Z Sports.com slash Dallas or A to Z Sports Dallas.com, whichever one. They both work. Check out our fantastic writers. I'm hoping at some point we can get a segment where I have those dudes um, on the show. Where'd it go? All right, we're good. On the show. My bad for that. But good stuff today. Can't thank y'all enough. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back on later today. On the volume, shout out to the three-ish mafia. 
with Vox Lombardi Live. We'll be probably breaking it down this Bengals game as well. Oh my God, that is fantastic. Sky was Ric Flair's first opponent. Oh man, y'all, y'all so good. Y'all so good and goddamn get on my nerve. But I love y'all. See y'all tomorrow, man. Hey, make sure if y'all want to keep up with me, you do. You can right down there. DFW Turf ticker. Got my Twitter down there. It's got the website down there. Shout out to the number one artificial turf company in the DFW area. We out. I'll see y'all later. Peace. Love you.